Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We were waiting without hope and without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt i uh-huh. 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Remnant. Pastor Todd Coconado here. So thankful that you've joined us. Uh, if you're watching the replay, we also want to thank you. And we are dealing with censorship on social media. If you would uh, share this post, if the Lord leads you to do so, that helps us to overcome the censorship. I don't know why they love to censor pastors. Well, actually, I do know why. Uh, they want to censor the truth, and it's the truth that sets the captive free. And We are in a spiritual battle of light versus darkness. I know many of you know it. And that's why this morning's message is called Dealing with Difficult People. Dealing with Difficult People. Do you have difficult people in your orbit, people in your life that are challenging, that really uh, push you as a Christian, that, that test you? Well, I certainly do. And I believe that you do as well. And so we're going to discuss how we navigate this, how we operate in grace and love where do we find the strength? How do we do this? Well, that's what we're going to discuss today. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for being here with us today. And I just pray that you would give me an unction of your spirit, that you sanctify me today, that I'd be in your, in your will, your perfect will, and that I would share what you would have me to share today, and that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see, and that you'd set captive free today, that you've encouraged people that are listening, uh, that people that are heavy laden right now would feel a release this morning. Uh, that they leave today encouraged and strengthened in their faith. And we just give you glory for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to read a little bit from my notes here. I said, ladies, gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, today I want to talk to you about a topic that affects each and every one of us. It's called dealing with difficult people. Uh, we all encounter challenging individuals in our lives, whether it's in our families, our workplaces, or even our church communities. It can be frustrating and disheartening and at times overwhelming. However, as followers of Christ, we're called to respond to difficult people with love and grace and wisdom. So let's turn to the Word of God today, and let's find guidance in how we navigate these very challenging relationships. You want to do that? Let's do it. First scripture I'm going to read from is Matthew 5.44. Matthew 5.44, and it says this, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus sets a radical standard for us when dealing with difficult people. He teaches us to love our enemies and pray for those who mistreat us. This command challenges our natural instincts, but it reflects the transformative power of God's love through working uh, through us and in us. By responding with love and prayer, we can break the cycle of hostility and open doors for healing and reconciliation. I have a huge heart for healing and reconciliation, and I've seen some of the most difficult folks turn to Jesus and be absolutely transformed, absolutely redeemed. Have you seen this in Christ? I can tell you I've seen it many, many times, and it was the people that I thought were unreachable sometimes. In my flesh, I thought this person will never change. They are set in their ways. They are dug in. They are mean-spirited. They're rude. They're being used by the enemy. This is never going to turn around. And I just want you to know, I've seen it turn around time and time and time again. But I also want to let you know that a lot of these things don't happen overnight. And I know we're in a very fast-paced world where things happen quickly. We, I call it microwave Christianity. We want things right away. We want to see that person redeem right away. We want to see them repent right away. And it tests us in our spirit and in our walk to have the grace and to operate in the grace when we are in the heat of the battle. Can I get an amen? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're literally going through it right now. When you're in the heat of the battle, when you're in the moment, the last thing you want to do is, is love your enemy. The last thing you want to do is show grace in our flesh. When I got stabbed nine times, the last thing I wanted to do was forgive the man that stabbed me. I'll tell you right now, I hated him in my flesh. I wanted to take him down. Okay, I, I'm, I'm using nice words right now. Uh, that was the first response of my flesh. It took the grace of the Holy Spirit of me seeking the face of God to find his heart for that man. And that's not the only time in my walk. There's been time after time when people have turned on me, backstabbed me, accused me, publicly maligned me. And in my flesh, I wanted to hurt them. I heard a preacher recently say, I have the power to destroy ministries. I can destroy people. And I said, wow, that's a pretty big statement. Uh, the truth is we don't have the power to destroy people because if you think about it, only God can destroy a person. <laughs> only God can uh, sustain a person. The enemy cannot destroy you. He can try, 
He can try to take you down. He can try to take away your ministry. He can try to take away your calling, but your calling can't be taken away by man. It can't be taken away by the enemy. It can't be taken away by your haters. It can't be taken away by your detractors. The only one that can take away the mantle of anointing from you is you. And the only other being that can take it away is God. God can take away the ministry because he gives and takes away. And it's his ministry. It's not your ministry. This is his ministry. It's not my ministry. And if God wants to take it away, he can take it away tomorrow. And the enemy has a lot of wicked plans and a lot of wicked agendas and a lot of wicked people that he sends to try to discourage us and get us to feel weary and are doing good and wants us to be, you know, just angry at God and, and turn our back on God and be like, you know, what the enemy wanted to do in Job. The enemy wanted Job to curse God, but Job wouldn't curse God. We've got to learn from Job. We can't curse God. We can't, you know, when we're in the flame and the fire and the, and the refiner's fire and we're going through it, the enemy wants a reaction from you. He wants you to respond in a way that's unchristlike, ungodly, anti-fruit of the spirit. If you respond in that way, doesn't matter what the person is doing to you, you're going to be accused. And you know what? The enemy is going to have a foot. He's going to have grounds because you responded in a way of anger in a way of viciousness. If you respond and react in the way that the enemy wants you to, you will be accused. And guess what? He will have ground to stand on because you gave it to him. So this is why God is setting up us, us up for success in his scripture when he says, love even your enemies. Why? Because it puts an anointing on you that you have overcome by the blood of the lamb, that you've overcome because you know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that you have taken the high ground and you have not succumbed to the assignment on you. Can, I, can, can somebody say amen to this? You have not succumbed to the assignment of hell on your life because you decided to do what the Lord said, to love even your enemy. And so what that does is it takes you from glory to glory, and the Lord expands your territory because he's able to trust you. That's why the enemy is constantly trying to accuse us. And when we respond in the way that we that he wants us to, and we get angry, angry and bitter, and, and we attack back, then what happens is we fall for the trap. And so the Lord says, but I tell you, love even your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Here's what's going to happen. Those that are persecuting you are going to have to are going to have to to deal with their sin. They're going to eventually that sin is going to come to roost in their situation. The wages of sin are death, and what they're doing in coming against a person of God, what they're doing is they're sinning, and that sin is going to have consequences. So it's not going to end well in their situation. It's not going to end well. These difficult people, these these demonized people, because that's a lot of times what you're dealing with is a demonic attack. And, and if the enemy is using somebody who succumbed to that demonic entity that's allowing that attack against the person of God and you succumb to it, then it's going to be an accusation against you. So what God does here is he says, look, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And when you do this, you're set up for success because the enemy has no ground. You don't give them anything. Don't give them that open door. In Proverbs 15, uh, 1, Proverbs 15, 1, it says this, a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. When faced with difficult people, our initial reaction, this isn't the scripture, this is my notes responding to that scripture, may be to respond with anger and frustration. However, the wisdom of Proverbs reminds us that a gentle answer has the power to diffuse tense situations. Choosing our words carefully and responding with kindness can often help de-escalate conflicts and promote understanding. This is what God intends, friends. See, when we, when we um, dismantle or diffuse the tense situation, as I was talking about, that is a win in the kingdom of God. That is not what the enemy wanted. He wanted to see you, like the scripture says, a harsh word stirs up anger. You respond in that harsh word, you're no better than the person. What's happened is you have, it's a below the line response. I always say as Christians, we got to operate above the line. In other words, we can't allow the enemy to get us angry to where we stoop to the level of what the devil's trying to pull us down to. We've got to operate as above the line believers. Now, this is not easy. How do you do this, Todd? It's a discipline. It's a discipline. It is difficult. I ain't going to lie to you. It is one of the hardest things to do because your flesh is there and your flesh wants to respond in a fleshly way. This is why the scripture says we got to die to our flesh. 
See, when we do this, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Let me give you an example. I was in the airport a couple of weeks ago. Some of you heard the story. I'm in Springfield, Missouri, and a woman comes up to me. She says, I'm a lesbian. I'm an I'm a, I'm a atheist, and I'm a liberal. And she says, and I hate that shirt that you have on. I had a Jesus is King shirt on. You would have thought I had a MAGA shirt on. I had a Jesus is King shirt. She was angry. She said, I want to rip that shirt right off you. And I looked at her. Now, here's the thing. I could have had a harsh word and stirred up anger. And who knows? We could have literally gotten into a physical altercation at that airport. The enemy had an assignment. I remembered this scripture. And because of the fact that I've been in the Lord for a long time and I've learned through past mistakes on how not to respond. And trust me, I had to learn. I'm a thick-headed Italian. I had to learn. You don't think there's times when I've made mistakes in this area? Of course there is. But over 20 years in ministry, you, you learn that, you know what? Last time I did that, what happened? It opened up me to attack. It opened up me to accusation. This time I'm going to respond calm. I'm going to respond gentle. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to respond in the way that the Lord would have me. I'm going to love even my enemy. So I started talking to this woman. I said, you really, you really mad at me like that? I said, I said, you don't even know me. Why are you saying this to me? She says, well, cause I hate your shirt and you're wearing that shirt. You must be one of these Christians. I said, well, I am a Christian. I said, but first of all, why, why is it that you don't like Christians? Can you explain that to me? And she says, well, because Christians have done me wrong and, and I've seen all this and this one did that and that one did this. She started explaining a litany of things of why she can't stand Christians. Now, I know also it's because of the spirit that she was operating in. It was an antichrist spirit and she didn't like my shirt. She didn't like what it represented. But you know what? Even more than that, the spirit that she's operating in didn't like the spirit in me, the Holy Spirit. And so it was literally a clash that happened. This is what happens when you're having these types of altercations with many of these difficult people. I'm not saying every time it's a demonic attack. Sometimes it may be you. Sometimes it may be something that we did. I did. We always have to say, Lord, how can I, how can I be a better person? How can I be a better Christian? What can I do better? So sometimes it's something that we did in our flesh and the Lord will rebuke us for that. And so we got to, we got to seek the Holy spirit. We got to, that's what seeking his face is. Now, again, I'm not perfect. I'm just telling you this worked in this situation because I was following the scripture. And so I started dismantling and diffusing what could have been a very vicious situation in an airport, by the way. By the time we were done with our 15 to 20 minute conversation, the woman was laughing. She liked me. You know what it was? I started sharing my testimony, why I'm a Christian. I started sharing with her that I have my own reservations with many things in the, in the, in the church, not in the Bible, but in things that people do in the name of Christ that aren't from the Bible. And so, you know, I started just being real with her. And you know what? The situation was diffused because it's what the scripture says in Proverbs. A gentle answer turns away wrath. It's a lot of times in how we respond. See, because we can stir the pot and we can enrage, 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 enrage the demons, or we can, we can turn it away and diffuse the warfare of what the enemy's assignment is. That's what I want you to understand this morning. There's an assignment of hell. It wants you to be distracted. It wants you to be discouraged. It wants you to be caught up in warfare. It wants you to be all these different things so that you can be distracted and pulled away from what God would have you to do. And so these are attacks. These are, these are assignments of the enemy against you. Yes, they're difficult people, but there's a spiritual dynamic to this. And that's why the scripture is, is setting us up for success. Look, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Show them the love of Christ. Uh, a gentle answer, answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up, ang stirs up anger. Let's, let's go to scripture number three, Romans 12, 18. Romans 12, 18. It says this, if possible, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, the Apostle Paul exhorts us to strive for peace with everyone to the best of our ability, while it may not always be possible to achieve peace in every relationship. We are called to do our part. This means seeking reconciliation, offering forgiveness, and being willing to find common ground even with difficult individuals. Our commitment to peace reflects the character of Christ and can be a powerful witness to the world. Now, there's an asterisk here. This doesn't mean to be weak. It doesn't mean to cave it doesn't mean to capitulate. It doesn't mean to back down, okay? I'm very stern about this because we have to stand firm and hold fast to the scripture. We can't, we can't be like the, uh, you know, the sloppy agape where people just want you to make peace, but you're literally making peace with a demon. So there's, there's an asterisk here. You've got to understand, 
we can't cave or compromise our position, but what we can do is strive to find peace. Now, here's an example of that. You can say, brother, I don't agree with what you're saying. I, I agree with what the scripture says. And to me, the scripture is very clear, but here's the thing. I can agree to disagree with you, but I still love you. And I don't want us to have uh, this argument where we have a ought with one another. So you can stand in your position and I'll stand in mine and we'll agree to, to disagree, but I love you in Christ. And, and we're not going to have a war over this. You see how that, so that, that they can take their position. We can take our position, a righteous position, and we can diffuse what could be an assignment of hell to cause us a vicious war with somebody that we don't need to engage in. We try to find peace when possible. Now there's going to be times when folks just won't find peace with you. They don't want peace with you. They hate you. They're, they're operating in a demonic spirit against the spirit that you carry, which is the Holy Spirit. And so they don't want peace. And so in that situation, all you can do is back off and bless them. I bless you. That's it. There's been times when people have come back to me over five, six year period and say, you know what, Pastor Todd, five, six years ago, I came against you. I want to repent to you. I'm sorry. Those are great situations because I have an open door policy and I will love on those people. And I'll say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for being humble. Thank you for coming and saying this. I love you. Now, I don't need to be friends with them. It doesn't, some situations, maybe I do. Depends on what the Lord says. But we're not forced to be friends with somebody because it's like Reagan said, trust but verify. Just because somebody comes and repents doesn't mean we got to take them back in our life. There's been times when I've said, I bless you. I forgive you. But I haven't uh, taken the block off on Facebook, if you know what I mean. Because you know what, you, you, they've shown you that they're unstable and a, and a, and a double-minded man or woman is unstable in all their ways. So maybe they're working out their salvation, but praise God, they've had a teachable moment and they've, they've humbled themselves and, and you forgive them. We forgive them because the forgiveness isn't for them, it's for us. It's so that we can have the freedom in the Holy Spirit to move forward in what God has for us because it's a commandment of the Lord, love even thy enemy. But it doesn't mean you gotta have them in your life. You don't gotta be a punching bag. You know, this week I put up a post and it was about uh, somebody in an abusive relationship and people were getting all over my case about it. Well, you got to stand for marriage, Pastor Todd. I do stand for marriage. Of course I stand for marriage. But see, this is the problem is that as Christians, we, we, we sometimes we, we pigeonhole ourselves and we just, you know, it's not always black and white. If there's somebody that's dealing with physical abuse, if you're dealing with physical abuse, you have the permission from this pastor and, and from the Holy Spirit, I believe, to get yourself separated from that situation. You don't have to sit there and, and be beat, beat up by somebody physically or emotionally. You can separate yourself. You can have respect for yourself enough to say, I'm not going to take this. Now, I'm not advocating you just get divorced. I mean, you got to fight for the marriage. You got to pray. You got to bring an outside accountability. Do everything possible to, to, to heal that marriage. But sometimes, I'm just going to tell you, sometimes the other person is so demonized and they're not going to receive correction and they're going to continue to abuse you. They're going to continue to hurt you. As a person of God, you don't have to take that. I'm going to tell you, you can separate yourself. You know, uh, I think of some famous preachers over the years, like uh, Amy Simple McPherson or, uh, you know, others that were dealing with a difficult marriage. And you know what they did in, in certain situations? And, and uh, you know, I think of uh, Catherine Kuhlman, for instance, the anointing was on her. She was in the middle of revival, and yet she was dealing with a very difficult marriage. So what did she do? She separated herself, and then she waited on her husband to get a divorce from her. You know, she, she didn't want to do anything wrong before the Lord, but she also didn't want to be in a bad situation where she was under attack every day. So everybody's got a different situation. And I don't know the entirety of that situation. So if I misquoted it, forgive me. But I know many situations where that's the case, where you have an anointed person that's operating in the calling of God, and there's a difficult person, they're in a difficult, abusive marriage, and they're trying to navigate it. And they know they're going to be attacked if they get a divorce. But at the same time, no one knows what they're dealing with at the house. Well, you're not in their situation, so you don't deal with the constant warfare every day. But that could take a toll on you physically, your health, your mental well-being. And so that's why I say you got to separate yourself, but you got to navigate it in a way that's pleasing the Lord and that's in accordance with the scripture. This is why God lays it out, a strategy and how we deal with these things. And we seek wise counsel and we do everything on our part to make sure that we're doing what's righteous and right. That's the only thing we can control. We can't control what the other person's doing. We can only control what we're doing. Does that make sense? So I know some of you have some questions in this area, and I've opened up the ministry to where we can have people uh, share with you more if you have a question in this area. Always fight for the marriage. We're not against marriage. We love marriage. God loves marriage. We've got to, we got to lower the divorce rate in the church. we got to do every single thing that we can to fight for our marriage. 
But if you're in a physical abusive situation, you can separate yourself out of that. Even in a, in a heavy mentally abuse or emotional abuse situation, you can separate yourself. You don't have to live under that persecution every day. And, and I'm not saying to get a divorce, just, just separate yourself. Go stay with some friends. Go stay with a loved one, family member. If you can afford to, maybe get an apartment for a season. And you, and you separate, and then you try to work the marriage out. You bring in wise counsel. You see if your spouse is teachable, if they're, if they're willing to bring in accountability, and you try to work it out. Always we try to work it out. But there's going to be cases when it's not workable. That's because that person is demonized, and there's just nothing that they're going to do that's going to resolve it. And so, unfortunately, in those cases, you know, and, and this is where we can't stomp on Christians that have dealt with this. We can't, we can't kick them in their situation when they're down and be like, oh, you're getting a divorce. You're awful. You know, look, you don't know the, the situation. You don't know all the warfare they're dealing with. This is where we've got to have mercy and grace. So every situation is a little bit different. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. I know somebody's going to write me a letter about that and get angry. But look, I'm telling you, I, I've seen people be in a fatal. I know a person that was stabbed because they stayed in a bad marriage and they ended up dying. And, uh, you know, that's that's not God's will. So we've got to be wise in how we navigate this. And we're, we're dealing with spiritual attack. Now, here's the other side of that. I wrote a post about that. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is that, listen, don't make it up that you're being abused if you're not being abused. Don't make it up, you know, if you're, if you're trying to find a way out of a marriage because you don't like your spouse anymore and you want to get divorced and you start saying, oh, physical abuse, physical abuse and mental abuse. I've seen people lie about it too. Listen, God will bring that out. Don't lie about it, okay? You gotta be righteous. Everything that you do, because it's gonna be found out. If you're a believer in Christ and you're on your way to heaven and you're being used for the glory and the kingdom of God, there's gonna be assignments and attacks against you. Look at Potiphar, you know, and, and Potiphar's wife and the situation there where the accusation came. There's gonna be times where you're accused and it's gonna be brutal. And you're gonna have to stand in that season. And, 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 and it's the endurance and it's the knowing that you're right before the Lord and making sure you're right before the Lord and having intercessors stand with you and praise God. In the end, the truth comes out. In the end, the truth comes out. But you stay above the line, Saint. You stay above the line. That's the, mo that's the challenge for us. I've had to do it many, many times. Many, many times. But you know why there's still a ministry here? You know why the Lord is expanding the territory and is anointing us? It's because we've stayed true to what the Lord has called us to do. And we're not backing down and we're not caving, we're not capitulating, but we're also being righteous and integrous in how we operate. And that's why the anointing is there. And the Lord will bless that. He will bless it in Jesus' name. Um, let's go to the next scripture here. Hallelujah. Uh, Romans, did I read this one yet? Yes, I did. Ephesians, let's go to Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32, it says this. Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, oh my gosh, as Christ forgave us. Well, do you know John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, that's, that's how extensive Christ forgave us. He forgave us of our sin and our unrighteousness. He made a way for us to connect back with the holy God because of what he did on the cross. And so forgiveness is an essential aspect of our Christian faith. When dealing with difficult people, it is crucial to extend the same forgiveness that God has shown us. Oh, man, that ain't easy. It ain't easy. Remembering the immense grace and mercy we have received helps us cultivate a compassionate heart and offer forgiveness even when it's challenging. Though, check this out, through forgiveness, we break the chains of bitterness and resentment and freeing ourselves and others to experience healing and restoration. Is that your heart? Do you want to see whoever this difficult person is experience healing? Do you want them set free? Because they're tormented. Listen, the person that's attacking you, the difficult person, they're tormented. They're tormented because they're not operating in the spirit of God. And so we've got to find that discipline to have a mercy for them. And to say, even though they're attacking me, I know they're doing it from a place of brokenness. They're lashing out from their brokenness. 
They're lashing out from their brokenness. Galatians 6, 9 says this. Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I'm going to read that again. Galatians 6, 9, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Dealing with difficult people can be exhausting. And it's easy to become weary and discouraged. However, the Apostle Paul encourages us to persevere in doing good, even when it seems like our efforts go unnoticed or unappreciated. We can trust that God sees and honors our faithfulness. We are called to continue to extend love and grace and patience, knowing that God is at work in us and through us. Now, this is difficult for me because I'm in a war. I'm in a war and standing for truth on a public platform. And God is ask this of me and my family and this ministry and you as remnant warriors. He's asked us to take a very difficult stand for righteousness in an hour where wickedness is everywhere. And, and the spirit of antichrist is raging and they're coming after the church. They're coming after biblical Christianity. We see it more and more. And so we know that this is the greatest hour for the church because as the world gets darker, we can be a brighter light for Christ. But this is where it's going to challenge you and I. Because see, it's easy when things are going good. It's easy when there's no problem. But when you're dealing with a difficult spouse, I'm, I'm really nailing that subject today because I know many of you are. And you're not alone, by the way. When you're dealing with a difficult son or daughter or boss or somebody that you love or you care about or somebody that's in your life and you can't avoid it, and they're, they're trying to cause problems and waves, and you're just like, why me? Why? I want you to understand what's going on. The devil wants you weary. The devil wants you discouraged. He wants you sidetracked. He wants you caught up. And so there's going to be these people, these detractors, these difficult people. They're jealous. They're envious. They're cut. They're, they're covenant of you. They want to, they want to cover your wife, your family, your, 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 whatever you got. The enemy has stirred them up to be jealous, to have rage against you. And so here we are. We're a person of God. How do we navigate this? I'm going to read this again. Dealing with difficult people can be exhausting. It's easy to become weary and discouraged. However, the Apostle Paul encourages us to persevere in doing good. Even when it seems like our efforts go unnoticed or unappreciated, God sees. We can trust God sees, and he honors our faithfulness. He's going to take you from glory to glory. He's going to fix the situation. He's going to go before you and fight your battle. The key is to not go below the line to not give them a piece of their own medicine. That's how the world fights is, you know, okay, they did this to me, tit for tat, I'm going to do this to you. You know, you apply the pressure and you fight your battle in a, in a carnal way. That takes away the anointing. It, it, what it does is it causes you to be caught up in a trap of the enemy. So dear friends, we navigate these relationships with difficult people and we remember the example of Christ. He faced opposition betrayal, rejection, yet he responded in unwavering love and selflessness. Through his strength and guidance, we too can respond to difficult people with grace and kindness and forgiveness. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit would empower us to be instruments of peace and reconciliation, reflecting the love of Christ to the world. Now, here's what I want to do in the, in the few minutes that we have remaining this morning. I want to, I want to search our hearts. I'm a man that's been accused. I'm a man that's been attacked. If anybody understands this, I do. I get calls all week from people. You say, you have no idea what my husband's doing. You have no idea what my daughter's doing, my son's doing, my aunt, my sister, my brother, you know, my family member, somebody in my life, they're persecuting me. They're attacking me. I don't understand it, Todd. I've done nothing to them. I don't get it. All I've done is shown them love. I want you to understand this. This is because of the spirit of God in you that they're manifesting. And I want you to understand the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal. And, 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 and we have to understand that, that we're battling a battle of light versus darkness. And so the, what God is wanting of you to do is to stand upright, to be integrous, to be righteous in your response, that even your enemies will respect you, that even your enemies will, will be like, wow, I mean, this person has, has the spirit of God that they have not attacked me. And I've given it with both barrels. They're going to deal with their sin. They're going to deal with what they're doing. The, the, the Lord is going to hold them accountable. He brings us sometimes before the courts of man. 
Maybe you're going through a legal trauma or something that you don't even you didn't even do it. You're being accused. You're having to go to court over something. Have I seen this? Yes. God is going to he's going to fight your battle. He's going to he's going to you're going to come out on top in the end of this situation. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for what the pulling down of strongholds. So I want to pray this morning that we pull down the stronghold over this vicious attack against you, over this difficult situation. This is how you deal with a difficult person. We come together and we agree in prayer and we declare and we decree and we call upon the name of the Lord and God is going to be our defense. He is our righteous defense. He is our, he is our protector. He's our very present help in time of need. Thou, O Lord, art a shield around me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. I pray this over you right now in the name of Jesus, that you would have a peace that passes understanding, that God would give you the strength to endure your situation. And if you're not going through it right now, you will at some point, because we know it. The scripture says this. And so I just pray that when that time comes, if it's not now, that you would have an unction and a leading from the spirit that you would recognize this is a spiritual attack. And I'm not going to go below the line. I'm not going to become a below the line Christian. I'm going to be an above the line believer. I'm going to stand in righteousness in accordance to the scripture. Doesn't mean be weak. Doesn't mean be taken advantage of. Doesn't mean be abused. We've addressed all these things this morning. I'm not a weak sauce soy boy Christian, okay? You see me out there taking a stand. Every day it's a battle. Every day. We're in major battles right now. That's why I need your help. I need your support. I mean, it's a David versus Goliath. But the deal is, is that as we walk forward in righteousness, God honors our obedience. He honors our obedience to the word. And when you resist the devil, this is a form of resisting the devil, not not responding, not attacking them back not going below the line, not getting in our flesh. That is resisting the devil's attack and his trap. He's got a trap that he set. You know how many times there's been traps that the enemy set for me that at the last minute, the Holy Spirit said, get out, get out. Don't do this. Don't do that. I love you. I want you to be set up for success. I know this is difficult. I know it's not easy. You say, pastor, it's easier said than done. Trust me, if anybody gets it, I get it. I came from a a, a situation where my father was abusive and he was angry. He was violent. My mom and I had to deal with that as a child. Now, thank God the Lord worked on his heart. Pastors mentored him and things changed over the years. He got better. But that, that was over the years. I'm talking 20 something years of prayer, prayer for this man. Now, my mom chose to stay in the marriage. Very difficult for her, but she chose to stand. She felt that was what the Lord was telling her. She prayed it through. Some of you are in that situation. You've had to pray something through for not just months, years. And you are a little bit weary. And I just want to pray that you get the strength of the Lord right now, that he renews your fire. He renews your strength. Because I want you to understand this thing against you, it's been a, it's been a weapon that the enemy has used. But the, the scripture says, no weapon. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The gates of hell will not prevail. I want you to understand what that means. I don't care how big the fiery dart of hell is. It's not going to get you. Satan cannot beat you unless you give up. Unless you succumb to the flesh. He can't. He is a fallen archangel. He is under your feet. You serve the God of heaven and earth. You are victorious. You're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to, re- I just pray right now for renewal of strength over you. Renewal, a peace, a strategy from heaven. Give them the strength, God. Renew them today. Encouragement, strength, encouragement. You are an overcomer. Look at God's taking you this far. He's not going to forget you now. He's not going to leave you now. Stand on his promise, which is yes and amen, hope in the future. Don't grow weary in your doing good. You are a child of the most high God. That's who you are. He is going to lift you up. You're going to soar with wings like an eagle. You're going to run and not grow weary. God's got your back. It's the best possible place to be in. What we've got to do is make sure we don't succumb to the pressure. We don't succumb to the trap of the enemy. Yes, there's difficult people. You're going to deal with them probably every day. Some days worse than others. 
but learn how to go into the secret place of the Most High. Learn how to be a prayer warrior. Learn how to get into the Word and to be filled with the Spirit and to be a worshiper and not let these attacks get you down. There's other believers out there that are like you. There's other remnant people that understand your battle. You're not alone. God's with you. He loves you so much. I pray for you today that you'd be strengthened in your faith. You know if I'm talking to you, you say, this, this pastor is literally talking right to me. Yes, I am. The Lord is leading us in the spirit right now to address this in your life and your situation so that you know you're not alone, so that you know and understand that he is with you. Oh, God, fill him right now. Fill him right now, God. I just pray you receive this. You say, I'm not sure. Is he talking to me? I'm talking to you. Put up your hands right now. Just receive it from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I receive this word from Pastor Todd today. I receive this word from you, Lord, from your Holy Spirit. I will not grow weary. Somebody's got to get this today. Let it get in your head. I will not grow weary, God. I will not grow weary, devil. Get behind me, Satan. You're a liar. Resist the devil and he will flee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you get something from this today? I pray that you did pray that you did. Every one of us deals with this. Some at, some at greater levels. Some of you are in it right now. Some of you will be in it sometime soon. I'm not speaking death over you. I pray that you won't have to deal with this, but chances are you will because we've seen it over and over in the scripture. Even, even the apostles, even Jesus himself, Jesus dealt with difficult people. Think of how he dealt with all the different situations. People doubted him. People, people denied him. Somebody, uh, you know, Judas, what did he do? He turned on him. You know, there's so many, eventually the, the very people that God came to save, put them on the cross. Think about that, right? I want to read from my book here before we go today. We got a few more minutes. It's a season of change. I'm reading from the, the book, Come Out From Among Them. It's a season of change. I just want to speak this over you right now. Change is all around us from the educational institutions that are essentially brainwashing our young people and working as an indoctrination camp for our kids to the moral depravity we see in movies and television, our streaming devices and platforms. Uh, men and women are addicted to pornography more than ever before, as the devil has made every sin imaginable instantly available at our finger, fingertips. Addictions are running rapid, as many families have to deal with one or more loved ones who are addicted to drugs and alcohol or some illicit substance or pharmaceutical prescription drug. There are many other addictions as well. I deal with this issue daily as I counsel people. Many people are highly stressed, depressed, and overwhelmed by their situation. The church is not doing well in addressing these matters. They're often swept under the rug. You know, teens are cutting themselves, withdrawing from family living and rebellion, being sexually active at an early age, and on and on and on. Listen, there's the destruction of the family unit. I, I list this out in my book. I go back to where it started. And, you know, the body of Christ is meant to rally around our wounded and lovingly help them back to restoration. Uh, we're at a good, we're, we're good at pointing fingers, but not so good at being the hands and arms of Christ. Certainly we can do better. Many people have to deal with tragic or challenging situations without the support of the local church. Some leaders meet, need more time to offer because uh, they are focused on church growth strategies instead of helping people accountability and mentorship. I talk about people that are wounded and hurt by the church. We address it all in this book, friends. And then I talk about the rise of the remnant. That's why I'm reading this right now. Sir Isaac Newton's third law of notion, motion, excuse me, tells us that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So while all the above things are happening, something else is happening simultaneously. I believe that what is referred to as the mainstream church has separated itself in many ways from doctrinally sound biblical Christianity. In contrast, a group of people who walk in discernment and the conviction of the Holy Spirit have had enough of this watered down teaching and have risen up. These same people know the answer will not be found in a politician or even through science or education. The people of God must take back this nation and the world by returning the fundamentals of our faith. We must restore the foundations. It's time to go back to the basics. God is raising up a remnant. I talked about this on Friday night. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. This is the message of the body. This is the hour, for, friends, where we do what the scripture says. We turn from our haughtiness, our pride, our wickedness. We get on our faces and we repent before a holy God. 
And if you're doing these things and you're standing for righteousness, you are going to be attacked. You're going to be maligned. You're going to be accused. Now, I pray it doesn't happen to you nearly as bad as it's happened to me. People say, well, Pastor Todd, you look tired. Do you know how many shows I did this week? Probably 30. You know, you know how many people attacked me this week? Hundreds, if not thousands. I'm not saying this for sympathy. But you know what? We press ahead because we know that we're doing the right thing. And we stand on a on, on the word of God and from a position of strength, we don't grow weary. We bless those that curse us. As we navigate these relationships with difficult people, let us remember the example of Christ. He faced opposition, betrayal, rejection, yet he responded with unwavering love and selflessness. Through his strength and guidance, we too can respond to difficult people with grace, kindness, and forgiveness. May the Holy Spirit empower us to be instruments of peace and reconciliation, reflecting the love of Christ to the world. Before I go today, I want to give you an opportunity. You say, Pastor Todd, I, I see the love. I hear the love. Something is happening even in this broadcast. And I want you to know that on my best day of preaching, I can't make you feel anything. What you feel is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that same spirit is available to you. It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You can, you can utilize the spirit of God to fill you, to fill that void, to give you a peace and a rest and a love that only God could give you. If you want that today and you say, Pastor, I want to make sure if I were to die, if I were to get killed, if Jesus were to come, I just want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you, we just lift your hand right now. That's me, Pastor. Listen, even if you're home alone, you're watching by yourself, just lift your hand. That's me. I want to receive Jesus. Last week, we had 42 people that reached out and said they received Jesus. It's a pretty amazing thing. Why don't you join that number today? Don't wait another day. You are in a spiritual battle. That's what's going on. But God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that your sin can be thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. I just pray in Jesus' name you receive that today. Will you, will you repeat this prayer with me? If you just lifted your hand, just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I will serve you all the days of my life. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. If you said that prayer today, will you reach out to me? You can go to pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. Go to the website. Let me know that you received Jesus. We want to send you a Bible. I'll send you my new book for free. I just want to make sure that you have every tool that you need to be set up for success. And also, I want to just ask this before we go today. I'm sending a lot of these books out for free, and I'm doing it because I want people to hear the truth. If you want to make a donation that you can support that, we're sending out Bibles. We're sending out this book. I want to make sure that these resources are available to people. If you have it on your heart to support this ministry and some of the things that we're doing, and we're doing a lot, would you please pray about being a monthly partner with us? You can go to pastortodd.org and sign up to be a monthly partner, or you can go to toddcoconado.com slash give. I'm telling you, we're in a David versus Goliath battle. Some people say, pastor, you need to rest. I do need to rest. But why do I do this every week? Even when I'm tired, even when I'm beat down, I do it because I know that that's what I'm meant to do. I got to show up. We got to show up, friends. We can't grow weary from the spiritual attack. We've got to act like winners. We're on the winning team. Amen? All right. Hey, join us this week for the podcast, the many shows that we're doing. I love you so much. April, I'm sorry, August 18th, 19th, and 20th, we're going to have a retreat here at the Remnant Revival Center. 18th, 19th, and 20th of August. If you can make it out to Nashville, we would love to see you. If you have any questions, you can go to the core group site and I'll put up some information this week about where you can stay. Uh, but we're going to have a great three days and I would love for you to come. All right, bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. God bless. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated The King is alive
inside of me Hear my 